0: no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details are you ready for some free legal advice it's time for vastola on the law with your host attorney jeff vastola (laughs) without further ado here's your host jeff vastola
1: well thank you for that great introduction skip kelly and thank you so much for you guys tuning into the show today good morning it is Sunday, 7.30 in the morning, and this is one half hour of free legal advice. The show is called Vastola on the Law. It's called Vastola on the Law because I am Jeff Vastola, your host. I'm an attorney, and I am here to give you some free legal advice. You can sit there and listen or call in with a question of your own. And that's what we prefer. Me and my uh, board operator, Bill, how are you doing this morning, Bill?
2: I'm doing just fine, Jeff.
1: All right, mm-hmm. thanks for being there, as always. On that topic, we will not be here live next week. So expect a rerun. Uh, The shows are always good, so you can just sit there and pretend like we're live. We'll sound like we're live, but we're not. Anyway, Merry Christmas to all of you in advance. Yes. Uh, That's where Bill and I will be celebrating Christmas the day before. So uh, next week, expect a rerun, but it will be a good one. We'll pick a good show. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about Charlie's question, uh, whether over-the-road long-haul truckers are entitled to overtime pay. If you were listening last week, Charlie called in with a follow-up and uh i went ahead and did the research again because i couldn't find it i've got a massive pile of research it just grows every week yeah, and I'm i just <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't find it so i just did it over again i figured you know what i'm just going to make that a a topic for the show next week but i did actually call charlie as well because i wanted to give him the answer before the show i know sometimes because he's on the road he thinks he can't listen but guess what you can listen anytime anywhere you can be in europe and you can listen to this show live. I know I don't talk about this very often. But if you go to my website, then you can also go to WZZR if you want, you can go to either website and you can click on the radio show link and you can listen to the show live. So you can be over in uh, Europe, which would be, what, 8, 10 hours ahead of time, and you could listen to this show live. How much fun would that be? Yeah. Touring Europe, getting free legal advice, right? <laughs> yeah. You could be over on the west coast of the United States, California. You can listen to this show live at uh what is that Four thirty in the morning that'd be yeah, great
2: yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> all right well good morning everybody again i'm jeff vestola your host i'm an attorney and i'm here to give you some free legal advice i'm going to do that today and i would also love to take your phone calls so if you'd like to be a part of the show you can call in the number is 877-927-6969 bill will take your call he'll put you live on the air with me and you can ask me anything you want If I can answer your question right here and right now, I will. But if I cannot, then I'll do the research and I'll get back to you the following week. Except for next week because we won't be here live. But you can always call me too. And that's what Charlie does uh, or has done before. If you'd like to call me personally because you want to talk about a case and you don't want to share it with everybody on the radio, then use my cell phone number. It's actually a toll-free number. It gets forwarded to my cell. That number is 833-VASTOLA. 833-827-8652 my cell phone is on all the time I'm not always able to answer it answer it if I don't then leave me a message and I will get back to you with whatever your issue is Monday through Friday as a lawyer I do personal injury wrongful death medical negligence claims that type of thing if you have a case you'd like to talk to me about please feel free to call me on my cell phone I encourage it 833-VASTOLA that's the number to call and remember If you have a case that's been turned down by other attorneys, this happened just last week. This is why I say it all the time. Uh, Clients came to me. They had a a medical negligence claim they were considering, and they had been turned down by another firm. It's not uncommon when law firms turn cases down to give a very uh, generic, vanilla explanation as to why they're doing it. So these particular clients came to see me. I know the attorneys at the law firm that declined the case, and I called them up. And I said, what's... What's going on with the case? It it sounds like there might be something to it. Why'd you guys turn it down? And it turns out that they didn't turn down the case because of a lack of merit. They turned down the case because they didn't feel it had the value that it needed for them to keep it, to justify it. Well, you know, I didn't agree, and I was willing to keep the case, at least for purposes of investigating the case and taking it from there. So that happens a lot, and I hate to see people that get rejected. They get declined, turned down, whatever you want to call it. And then they don't try again because they think, oh, I don't I don't have a case. You know, my lawyer withdrew because I don't have a case. That's not always the case. And so I'm telling people, I'm trying to get this out there. If you have been declined by other lawyers, call me because I'm willing to put a second set of eyes on it to see if maybe there is something there. 833-VASTOLA would be the number to call because that's Monday through Friday. That's me doing work as an attorney. That's not the radio show. But if you're listening in right now and you're saying, wow, I wish Jeff would stop talking about that because I really have a question I need to ask him. Then what you should do is dial 877-927-6969. That's the radio show for the station. You will get Bill on the line at the board. He will put you live on the air. Just if you do get through to us, don't give us the names of the people and the companies that you want to complain about. Just keep those in um, in neutral form, if you would. Keeps us out of hot water, right, Bill?
2: Yes, it does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right, so real quick, let me jump into Charlie's question. This is something that I had, uh, oh, look, somebody's calling me on my cell phone right now. Um, I love it when you listen and people call, but I can't answer my cell while I'm on the air. So leave me a message, whoever just called my cell phone, and I will be sure to call you after the show. Um, People call the show sometimes, and of course, you know, I'm not a jack of all trades. I certainly know, um, in, in the great big picture, I know very little of the law, believe it or not. And so when people call with questions, I really don't mind doing the research because it's kind of fun for me. I'm at that age in my life where I enjoy learning things. And Charlie called a few months ago and asked me a question about whether long-haul truckers get overtime. Of course, my immediate response was, I don't know. You know, I, I know that there's exemptions and things like that. I know the basics, but I didn't know the details. So I did the research, talked about it the following week. But as it happened, Charlie was on the road and didn't realize he could listen anytime, anywhere and he didn't hear the answer to his question. So if you were listening last week, Charlie called in again and said, hey, I'm back, what's the answer to my question? So I did the research again, and I wanna share it with everybody because it's pretty interesting, at least it's interesting to me. The Fair Labor Standards Act is a federal statute. Okay, and again, I, I may have mentioned this before, but at any given time you've got two variations of law that are in existence at any given time. Sometimes they're completely in sync, and sometimes they're not. You've got your own state's law, because states were granted autonomy to regulate themselves by the federal constitution. But then you also have federal issues that the federal government regulates through federal statutes. And that's applicable equally among all 50 states. And so the Fair Labor Standards Act is a, is a federal statute, but Florida also has its, its version of it. But what happens is you've got long-haul truckers that are driving from one state to the next to the next to the next, And so the question becomes, well, geez, what state's laws are supposed to apply there? Well, that's why you've got federal statutes. Okay, when you've got something called um, interstate commerce, that's one of the main reasons why you would have federal laws to regulate what is the law going to be as this truck goes from one state to the next to the next to the next. So the Fair Labor Standards Act is a federal statute, and it's it's there for a lot of different reasons, but it has a specific section in it. It's uh, subsection 13B1 believe. I'm looking at the wrong... Yep, there it is. 13B1 of the FLSA, Fair Labor Standards Act, provides an overtime exemption for these types of employees, these long-haul truckers. And it says the 13B1 overtime exemption applies to employees who are employed by a motor carrier or private motor carrier as defined by 49 United States Code, Section 13102, that's the federal statute, Number two, they are drivers, drivers, helpers, loaders, or mechanics whose duties affect the safety of operation of motor vehicles in transportation, on public highways, in interstate or foreign commerce. And that definition is very important. And then number three, not covered by a small vehicle exception. Because within the exemption, there's an exception. (laughs) How do you like that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, of course there
1: is. (laughs) So essentially, 13B1 says that employees of, motor vehicle carriers are non-exempt, meaning they have to be paid overtime. If you work more than 40 hours a week, you have to be paid overtime. But within 13B1, there is an exemption. The exemption is what carves out um, those employees that are not going to be entitled to overtime. Okay? And so this is where the answer to Charlie's question comes in. And basically what it says is if you're an employee of this type of a company, and if your responsibilities are driver or loader or somebody that's responsible for the safety of the actual transportation and if you don't fall into that small vehicle exception which means your vehicle weighs more than 10,000 pounds and that's loaded or unloaded then you are exempt from overtime okay so there's a few things to to understand the second part of the definition says that you have to be the driver a driver's helper a loader somebody that's doing something that's responsible for the for the safety of the actual load what that means is um, office workers are not going to fall under this exemption, okay? So if you're working in the office and you're filing or uh, if you're the – what is the name of the person that is on the uh, phone all the time and telling people where to go? Dispatcher. Dispatcher. Thank you, Bill. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good for then, something. Then those people will be entitled to overtime, despite the fact that you've got this exemption carved out. Um so, How did they
2: fit that exemption in there? Boy, I, that, that right there just, you know, if you're the – so the over-the-road trucker is exempt.
1: Meaning, the, meaning doesn't get overtime. Doesn't, but, yeah, right. if you're going to work in the office, then you qualify for overtime. I, I don't know. I interesting. Guess it's, yeah. So, um, like I said, interesting to me. It may be boring as, you know, watching grass grow to you. But, uh, Charlie, there's the question. I did call Charlie this morning and share this with him. But if anybody's wanting more information on the Fair Labor Standards Act – if you want to know more about interstate commerce, if you want to know more about whether you are entitled to overtime, please feel free to give us a call because I'm always willing to tackle those questions. The number to call into the show, remember, don't wait for me to stop talking because I'm going to talk straight for 30 minutes with Bill's help, 877-927-6969, that's the number to call into the show. Ask me anything you want, it doesn't have to do with overtime, you can ask me about bankruptcy if you want, that'll stump me for sure. Um... I did have some topics planned because I knew I was going to get through Charlie's stuff pretty quick. And so let's jump into that while we're waiting for the next phone call. The topic that I have planned for today is some various contractual provisions that I had promised a few weeks ago, just never got to them, that you would see in a typical commercial type of contract. If you're considering signing, for example, a lease, if you're considering signing a contract for uh, an expensive good, uh, a new car a used car. Make sure that you understand what you're signing, because within these written contracts are provisions that are enforceable. And ignorance of the law is no excuse. That should be the that should be our our, our line, Bill. Don't you think?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Ignorance because no I, I've been very ignorant on it a few times. <laughs> sure. And it doesn't matter who you are. No, it you doesn't. Know, you, I, you know, I thought I knew some things, and it, I'm like, I was dumbfounded at how it actually turned out. I really was.
1: So. Well, this topic started when I wanted to explain the hazards of arbitration. Most people think that arbitration is the greatest thing. And I just happened to disagree on that. So I said, well, let me talk about arbitration. As I got into arbitration, I'm thinking, man, there's so many different provisions that you can find in a, even the smallest contract has all these different provisions. And there's a good chance that people don't really know what they're signing. So I wanted to talk about these things. And so I'm going to talk about a few of them. Indemnification. I'm going to talk about forum selection clauses versus choice of law a lot of people think that those are synonymous and they're clearly not Uh, we'll talk about some benign ones like severability and uh, things like that but let's jump right into it because uh, i am waiting for the first phone call and that's okay most people are sleeping right now 877-927-6969 that's the phone number to call in with a question of your own ask me anything you want You're not going to be stuck to contractual provisions. But let's start with the biggie. All right, we've already covered arbitration. If you guys want to know more about the arbitration discussion I had, you can go to my website. We have an archive of all of these shows on my website. Uh, They're not labeled very well. We're working on that. Hopefully next year we're going to have a better website with a better library. But you can actually find the shows and you can find the content. Today we're going to talk about indemnification first because indemnification is a big deal. As a matter of fact, I have a good friend of mine this is how it comes up in real life. A good friend of mine I, I bought an airplane recently and said, called me up one day and said, hey, Jeff, what do you think about me You know, swapping out my the use of my airplane for, the, for this guy's hangar up in Port St. Lucie? And I said, well, give me the details. Give me the nitty-gritty. What's going on? What's the agreement? He's like, oh, no, it's just kind of a, you know, I'm going to use this hangar. He's going to fly my plane. I was like, ugh. <laughs> No,
2: thanks. <laughs> yeah, can I use your Ferrari if I can park it in your garage? Yeah, oh my gosh. No.
1: <laughs> so I said, well, you know, you really need to, I hate to be the lawyer here, but you really need to consider some, some protective language in an agreement because, you know, God forbid this guy decides to have a couple shots and then takes your plane up in the air and... And, and either comes down with somebody as a passenger oh, or as he God. comes down, he hits somebody on the highway or something. I, I said, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No
2: purchase necessary. BDW. Void are
1: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Your plane is what's called a dangerous instrumentality. It's it's in the in the law in the state of Florida. You as the owner of a dangerous instrumentality are always going to be liable for any injury that it may cause, even if it's being operated by somebody else. And of course his eyes get wide. He's like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Well, of course not. You're a pilot. You're not a lawyer. You're not supposed to know that. So I said, if you're going to do this with this person who you don't know, I said, you must get a contract in place and it must have an indemnification provision in it. And even when it does, I'm still not real comfortable with it. I'm not going to put my name on it. An indemnification provision is a written provision in a contract that says that one party is going to take on the liability of the other depending on the circumstances of what may happen. And this specific example that I'm giving you, which is a real-life example, it would be the other pilot, the one, the person that I don't know, if he causes some kind of an accident and injures somebody else or causes property damage, the indemnification provision would kick in and would automatically require him usually through insurance, which of course you're always going to want to make sure that you've got up-to-date insurance declaration pages in your policies in your jackets, is... Um, going to pay for all of the expenses of the of my friend the owner of the plane which would include not just defense costs because i mean that could be astronomical but more importantly any verdict any judgment that's that ever that is ever rendered against that person so wow,
2: yeah that could really
1: it could be i mean you know planes yeah. cause a lot of damage yeah. and, and uh, injury when they do go down so that was you know a, a real life anecdote that i thought i could share with you guys to say okay how do you apply indemnification? Indemnification is, um, I'll show you another way it's applied in, in what I do day in and day out. I do a lot of product liability cases. This is where uh, products fail, whether it's a design defect because they were, they were gonna fail from the get-go because they weren't designed well enough, or if it's a manufacturing defect where they were designed well, but somewhere along the line in manufacturing, they became a faulty product and they just come out, they hit the, you know, the retail. They hit the consumer side of things and they don't work and they fail and they cause injuries to people. Well, the law in Florida in product liability is very favorable to the plaintiff and it allows the plaintiff to sue not just the manufacturer of the product, but anybody that put it into the stream of commerce, which means, uh, for example, these big box stores that sell a lot of gadgets. If they sell a faulty product, even though they never opened the box. All they did was you know, unpack the container, put it on the shelf, the customer comes in, puts it in the cart, checks out, and off they go, and they take it home, and it causes them injury. The store is responsible. In, in the eyes of uh, Florida law, the retailers are responsible, and so I'm going to explain in just a few minutes how these stores are using indemnification provisions to protect themselves. But let's take our first caller of the day. We've got Stuart on line one. Good morning, Good morning. Stuart. Hi, um, I listen to you guys every month uh,
0: Excuse me, every Sunday when I'm driving. But um, I just wanted right. to just add something to that that you never thought about. Sure. Uh, when you are in the uh, in the field of owning or parking or having storage of a plane, typically the insurance will not respond. It's called garage keepers or hangar keepers liability. Just put your information, so you okay, can let huh. your friend know that
1: as well. So are you my are you yes, my insurance I'm agent, Stuart? Yes, yes, I uh, am. All right. Well, I know you I, I recognize you because you call in before. I appreciate that. So, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, I I don't profess to know anything about planes or how they would be covered. I'm just using that. As no, an that's example.
0: why I just wanted to you know bring that up for your friend or so you can let your friend know too. It's kind of like where your policy for your car will never respond to that ballet.
1: Gotcha. And, and I appreciate Hi. you calling in, Stuart, because that, that's certainly helpful to anybody listening in. But um, absolutely, the insurance company, uh, the, the they'll write these policies. They'll say, yeah, we'll be happy to take your premium. And then they'll send you a policy which is two inches thick, and they'll say, go ahead and read that, uh, which nobody does. <laughs> and the problem is those, those jackets of insurance coverage are full of uh, exclusions and riders and everything else. And I sure, think that's what Stuart's sure. referring to, yeah. So,
0: uh, if you I do... Tell you this: is, I'm sorry, as being in the business 28 years, if it's something that's going to come up and it's something that the insurance company doesn't like, it will be excluded from the policy. You have to read your policy, trust your agent. And that's, that's, you, know you, to,
1: you know what? You, you hit the nail on the head. You have to read your policy, and again, most people won't. You know that, Stuart. The second thing to do is, is rely and trust your agent. So, Stuart, for all your customers, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure you're doing the right thing for them. Um, if you've purchased any form of an insurance policy recently uh, and, and you don't want to take the time to read it, remember that you have an agent. You have an agent, and, and just make sure to ask the right questions. To make sure you got the coverage that you think you have. You know, a homeowner's policy 100%. nowadays is, is automatically going to exclude any, um, you know, animal attack, dog bite type stuff. So just because you bought a homeowner's policy, don't assume that it's going to cover your big dog. Okay.
0: Right. And I, I'm not pushing one thing over another, but I will tell you um, the state of Florida's policy for the homeowners has drastically changed, you know, the citizen's policy with regards to even water damage. So, you know, until it's contested, you if you're buying a new policy with them, you have to use somebody that they recommend. Otherwise, you're responsible for all the, the cost of that.
2: I did so, read that. Again, I've seen that. Yes.
0: This is right. This is a uh, read your policy. Let me tell you, Jeff, and you know this, I'm sure, like you said, if you don't have uninsured motors, you're never going to get covered if you're hit by somebody with no insurance. This is just as bad. You know, you could be spending $50,000 replacing your kitchen because you didn't read the policy conditions. Yeah.
1: And and you know what? And I'll be honest with you. I think that um, most people that read those policies would give up after the first couple of pages because they're written in such weird language. And that's why it's important to have such a good agent. Now, Stuart, I don't know you, and I mean, I love the fact that you listen to my show. And I'm sure you do a good job for your, for your clients, but you know, let's emphasize the fact that, Hey, if you have an agent, use them, you know, that's what they're there for. Yes.
0: Thank you. And I appreciate it. Keep up, keep, keep up the great work Extend it for an hour and then I'll be happier.
1: <laughs> that's what Bill keeps I, telling I, me, keep but I don't know who's going to pay for it. I <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe we will take up a, a campaign. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks Stuart. Appreciate you calling right. in again. Bye-bye. Nice talking to you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I love it when Stuart calls in because he gives you the the agent side of things. And it's I have an outline that I I use week after week after week after week. And so after a while, it's just it's pretty easy because I'm just adding to it. And and I have reminders on my outline. And here it is. Number four, the reminder that sometimes I just don't ever get to is to remember to buy and check to make sure you have U.M. coverage. And that's one of the things that Stuart just talked about. Uninsured motorist coverage on an automobile policy is in my opinion the most important policy provision that you can possibly have on your car policy and it's optional and not only do most people not have it I'm finding out that most people are never even educated about it by their agent. You know so you're, you're you can,
2: right Jeff cuz I it, it, listening to you that was one of the first things I did when I went I called my insurance agent and thank god yeah he said yeah you know you're, you're, you're you've got that but I I wasn't aware
1: of that well, you've got a good agent then, somebody that yeah. took care of you, but a Absolutely. lot of people don't. And I'm not going to disparage any company specifically, but the companies themselves that use the 800 numbers, hey, call us directly, don't use your agent, You know, they, they stereotypically do a very poor job of educating a customer to say this is why you want it. They, they oftentimes talk people out of it. They say, hey, you don't need it. It's optional. It's going to make your premium go up. Well, there's a reason it's there. So if you don't have UM, if you don't know what it is, if you want to ask me a question about it, please call in because I can dedicate an entire show to UM because I can't tell you how tired I am of turning people away who have been injured by other people's negligence and there is nothing I can do for them because they didn't have UM coverage and you can't go back retroactively to fix your policy. It has to be on your policy at the moment of the accident. So I just figured I'd throw that in there in follow-up to what Stuart mentioned here just a couple minutes ago. So uh, let me see a few minutes left. let me try to crank through these other contractual provisions and, and sew up this topic so indemnification uh what happens is uh these these retailers these big box stores or any kind of a retailer doesn't have to be big box will sell some kind of a product and if it fails they get sued because the law in florida says that they helped put the, co- the product into the stream of commerce and as a result of that they're liable it doesn't seem very fair to me but it is So what happens is these, over time, these retailers have gotten very smart um, using good lawyers and they've put together contracts that say, hey, manufacturer um, of, you know, the widget, if you want to sell your widget in our store, then you are going to have to agree to sign our contract that says you are going to indemnify us. So what happens now in the real world is somebody buys a product, they get hurt, they sue the store, they sue the manufacturer. And because of the contract, it's called contractual indemnification, the manufacturer of the product has insurance in place that agrees that they have to provide cost of defense and also cost of any judgment for the big box store. So even though the big box store or the the retailer is still going to be a named defendant, and they oftentimes will still have their own counsel, they don't have to worry about extravagant defense costs and they don't have to worry about the judgment, which is the, the real big nut at the end of the at the end of the day. So, that's indemnification. If you're going to sign a contract, and this is where it's important for the little guy, you know, you and me that are listening to this show, if you're going to sign a contract and you are being asked to indemnify somebody else, you really need to know what it is you're getting into, because you may find yourself, especially if you don't have the right kind of insurance, as Stuart just pointed out to pick up the tab, that could be a, a very expensive contractual provision that's going to be enforced against you. So if you have a contract that you're contemplating signing, read through it. Whatever you don't understand, put notes in the column and call my show in two weeks. Don't call that. Oh, geez, Bill, are we going to be here for the, the following week, which would be New Year's?
2: Um, you know what? If you want to, I'll be here.
1: We'll talk about it. Okay. I don't want to work you too hard, Bill.
2: Yeah, no, no problem. If you're, no, I'm serious. If you want to be here, we can do it. All so. right,
1: well, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. We'll talk. Okay. So uh, two more quick provisions because these, are, these go side by side, and, and um, I'm running out of time, and I, I just think it's important for people to know the difference. There are two different types of provisions that you will see in a contract, and most people think they're the same, but they're not. One is called the Forum Selection Clause, which I'm not trying to confuse anybody forum selection is also the exact same thing as venue okay forum selection and venue are the exact same thing but there's another provision that sounds very similar to those called choice of law and it's not the same thing your forum selection clause or your venue clause which are identical tells you where you can file your lawsuit okay you may be in palm beach county you may be doing business with a company in palm beach county but if your contract says that you have to file in Broward County because that's where the other company's main business location is well guess what if you've signed the contract you now have to litigate in Broward County or Dade you know wherever it says that is forum selection that's where you are going to file your lawsuit so be aware if you're a Palm Beach County person and you want to be able to file your lawsuit in Palm Beach County scratch it out please understand contracts are negotiable if you want a Palm Beach County forum put it in there now choice of law clause this is very interesting I had a case against a uh, international carrier one of these overnight delivery type companies and they had a couple of things in a very lengthy contract with my client my client was one of their carriers they use independent contractors to deliver goods and I represented one of them in a huge breach of contract lawsuit this goes back like 10 years 15 years ago very interesting case but The contract was very favorable to the international company, and it had not only an arbitration provision in it, but it had a choice of law clause in it, and they were based out of the state of Washington. And so even though all of their business was done in Florida, every bit of business was done in their Florida, we had to apply the law of the state of Washington to a lawsuit that I filed in Florida. Really? That is a choice of law provision, and that is how it is different from forum selection or venue. So here I was, a Florida lawyer. I'm not even licensed in Washington, but I had to learn Washington law and apply it to a Florida case. So, again, be aware of what's in your contract. I believe I'm just about out of time. Hey, listen, if you want to talk to me about anything, uh, personal injury, wrongful death, medical malpractice, whatever it may be, call me on my cell phone. 833-VASTOLA. That's 833 833- 827-8652. When you need a lawyer, think Vastola. We won't be here next week. Merry Christmas.
2: But, yes, Merry Christmas to everybody. Same too, to so. you, Bill. All
0: right, thanks. Brother. Take care. Thank you for listening to Vastola on the Law. For more information about attorney Jeff Vastola or to send him an email, visit his website, www.vastolalegal.com. If you'd like to speak with Jeff privately about a case you have, feel free to call Jeff at 833-VASTOLA. Tune in next week for more free legal advice with Vastola on the Law.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.